gaze into the future of ASCs, and learn about the potential for growth and innovation at Becker's 29th annual The Business and Operations of ASCs meeting this October in Chicago. With 200-plus ASC speakers and more than 60 sessions, you'll leave the event with valuable insight and relevant action items to lead your ASC into the next 12 months. See if you qualify for complimentary attendance as a reviewer by clicking the link in the description. This is Alan Condon with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Kathleen Wright, Administrator at Methodist Surgery Center Landmark in San Antonio, Texas. Kathleen, pleasure to have you on the podcast here with us today. Before we kick, kick things off, we'd love to turn the floor over to you to hear a little bit more about yourself and, of course, your surgery center as well. Sure. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, I am a periop nurse, true and true, for um, 31 years now. Started in level one trauma, worked in uh, inpatient setting in hospitals with adult and in PD. Um, traveled the nation as a consultant with a couple different well-known companies, uh, working to improve their quality and cutting cost in, um, in implants and, and service line items. And um, now I'm back in the ASC setting. I have um, had the extreme pleasure of opening up a brand new de novo ground up kind of uh, surgery center. And we are just about at our two year mark from doing our first case. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a interesting slash exciting place to start. It seems like two years on from your first case, obviously that de novo surgery center, as you said. So you would have opened it, I'm guessing, summer of 2021. Um, I'm guessing there was a lot of challenges in the runoff to actually getting that over the line. Uh, how did you kind of get that get that done and, and, and with everything that was going on at that time? Sure. Well, you know, it was a bit of a challenge because our physicians had been wanting the surgery center open and then COVID hit. So it put us all on a big pause for a couple of years. And um, I think one of the challenges was reigniting that um, high interest level, right? Um, getting people back uh, engaged in the center, um, getting um, patterns to shift in where they do the procedures. Been a long time since they had kind of had those initial conversations about starting it. So that was the biggest challenge for sure. And, and, and I know there are about 30, maybe 30 odd physicians at your multi-specialty surgery center. Can you talk to me a little bit about the growth since that two years and kind of how you're looking towards the future? Sure. Yeah, we are um, a uh, 51, 49% split uh, physician owned and we have 32 partners today uh, with a waiting list of partners. We also have a pretty strong list of non-partners who practice here, um, people who just might not be interested in a partnership or just looking for some extra time. So we do try to um, really go out and market to those physicians because that just obviously helps uh, all the owners uh, at their bottom line, but uh, increases our our growth in, in the center um, which has been pretty pretty rapid. Uh, our trajectory, uh, our first month in September is when we kind of consider ourselves fully open. We had our um, survey from AAA on the, got those results back on August 30th or 31st of the of 2021. So September, we kind of say, all right, that's that's where we mark our line in the sand and started. And we did six cases. And this month of May, we will finish out at about 360 cases this month. So the trajectory has been pretty rampant. 
Well, well, yeah, I mean, you're telling me about it. And it seems like, so 32 partners, multi-specialty ASC, obviously orthopedics, I'm assuming GI. Um, are you looking to, are there any other specialties? Can you give me a list of all the specialties you're currently practicing? Are there anything you're looking to move into potentially in the next year or so? Sure. Our current specialties, um, we do a lot of ENT, the whole gamut of ENT from ear tubes, neck dissections, uh, endoscopic sinus surgery, middle ear surgery, um, anything ENT, we, we do that here. Um, we do a lot of plastic surgery. We have a big group in town that is well known for reconstruction after breast cancer. So these are not mommy mm-hmm. makeovers. These are patients that um, we get to really help them over the end of that journey that they've been on probably for quite some time and, and finishing up those revisions. So we enjoy taking care of those patients. We um, also do a lot of general surgery, GI, uh, orthopedic is probably our biggest growing um, service line. It was one of our smaller ones to start with, but we're actively trying to recruit more and more there. And I think we're looking at um, adding some hand surgery. We just actually today just did our first hand surgery case and um, we're trying to credential a um, spine surgeon to do some miters and um, non-invasive stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. So obviously looking to move, expand into those higher acuity lines within orthopedics, like you said, the spine subspecialty is um, knee replacements, hip replacements. Is that something you're also doing in the orthopedic side of things or looking to kind of grow there as well? Um, Yes, we have kind of kicked that around. Um, I think to be successful in um, outpatient total knees, you've really got to have somebody who's got their mind on on how to you know do that mm-hmm. whole preoperative workup and get the right patient selection and you know have pretty good time in the OR and have a good solid plan for getting them out the door and we aren't quite at that spot yet. I also right. forgot to mention um, we do gin surgery and uro urogyne also. Fantastic. Well, still early days and it's amazing the growth you've achieved already so far in just that two-year spell. So certainly good things to come. Um, the San Antonio the San Antonio market, Kathy, I'm interested in. Uh, I'm curious, you've, you've been open a while there. What is the what does competition look like in San Antonio? And, and what have your what has your surgery center done specifically to help kind of stand out from the crowd in such a what I presume is a pretty crowded market down there? Yes. So our facility is part of the Methodist system, which is a very well-established, well-known um, quality care in San Antonio. So that definitely is um, an advantage for us. Um, one of the things that is a disadvantage in San Antonio is that we have a very open anesthesia market. And so um, mm-hmm. it's very foreign to most of the world, <laughs> most of the U.S., because most people have contracted anesthesia. And so to be, um, the challenges are that, you know, you could have any number of providers in and out um, on on a given day and trying to get a provider to come to our new center who uh, it's going to have to like hop in their car and come over here for one case when we're just getting started, right? They're like, I don't want to go over there. So that's definitely been a challenge for sure. Right, right. Well, along with that, what what are the other biggest challenges you're facing at the moment? I think, you know, I don't know if I would call it a challenge or just something that I try to stay focused on is um, really your staff um, recruitment and retention. The staff are the the biggest asset that you have 
in your center. And um, I think um, COVID really drove some of the healthcare staff out of the ASCs when elective surgeries were held off. So at the time, you know, when um, in our center, you know, that we didn't let people, well, we weren't open then, but in the system in town, you know, they might not have been let go, but they're still um, not in their normal environment, right? They might've gone to help in hospitals or don't do COVID testing or things like that. And so it's very easy for people to lose the uh, excitement of where they work. And so they're distracted in looking at travel contract rates. And so then now, you know, things are kind of settling down. It's kind of like the housing market, right? It's out of control, but it has to settle down sooner or later. And uh, ASCs can't really compete with those travel contract rates and, um, but one of those things that, you know, we try to focus on here is really building a culture because culture gets the staff in the door and it keeps them here. And we want to make sure that we're being creative in uh, ways to have fun at work, which I definitely have a strong resume on that. <laughs> try, you know, you shouldn't just have a team that just has to come in and do work. And, and there's a lot of things that you can do that really aren't um, high cost, right? But it just requires you to put a little creative cap on and think about, you know, how can I make today fun? And not every day is fun, but, you know, try to once a month or something, do something that's a little out of the ordinary, like um, Good Friday, I like to hide Easter eggs. And you'd be surprised how many adults like to hunt for Easter eggs. <laughs> Last week, uh, during Nurses Week, uh, we did a, a bingo game where you had to kind of find people that had done different things or uh, been to different places and, you know, kind of a distraction. So they could do that while they worked, but um, it's just a fun way to uh, low cost, right? And fun way to introduce um, kind of that family atmosphere and, and to have a culture that makes staff who are happy and happy staff makes happy patients, which is very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, obviously, you know, no secret to your eyes, staffing, something like you mentioned, somewhere to the housing market, it's been talked about a major challenge across the industry for a while, of course, not just for ASCs, hospitals, health systems, other outpatient clinics. Um, you mentioned, you know, in terms of building that really great culture, kind of implementing a little bit of fun here and there. Is there anything you could point to for maybe other ASC administrators um, who may be listening to this podcast in terms of retaining that top talent? You also mentioned around building a great culture, but is there any one or two insights you'd, you'd, you'd recommend them in terms of retention? Um, I think, you know, you got, everybody knows this, this is not really rocket science, but you got to be out there. You got to be visible. You got to be talking to your staff and finding out what's going on. And, um, when it's a hard day and we've, we've had a lot of those in two years because of our trajectory, you know, we could get to, um, the point where we had enough staff and then, you know, a month later, okay, now we're just crazy busier than we were before. We got to hire more staff. Well, time that you decide, make the decision to hire and actually get a candidate and get them in the door could be a couple of months. And so there were some significant, um, pain points as we, you know, grew faster than we could kind of keep up with at a couple points along the way. And, and, um, those days were days that I was in the OR, you know, turning over anesthesia machines and mopping floors at six o'clock on Friday night, because if I'm asking them to do it, <laughs> I gotta be willing right. to do it too. And, you know, that's, I know that that's not my everyday. It's certainly already not my everyday, right? But um, there's still, you know, there was a day last week that it was my day. And 
um, you got to just stay in tune to what they need because it doesn't take much for the kind of the whole hums to set in about how hard they're working. So definitely um, being involved helps with that. Right, for sure. I'll leave from the top, like you say. Um, Kathleen, it's, it's been fascinating to hear about everything going on at Methodist Surgery Center in Landmark. Um, before that, you go, what, what are you excited about? I know you've obviously accomplished so much in terms of how you've come over the last two years, but when you look ahead one, two, three years down the line, what are you most excited about? Oh man, I'm, I love change and that's, I know, highly unusual in, in most adults, but I just, um, I love what's out there. I love that we're probably going to see value-based care come to the ASCs. And so um, I think the advantages are very strong if you're already focused on great quality and customer satisfaction. Um, so I think that that's pretty exciting. I think uh, you know, when I started the OR, we were doing gallbladder surgery that's open and open heart surgery, but so much of that has changed and looking ahead to see, you know, what changes can we, we see in the future and getting, you know, less and less invasive, not more and more right now we're getting less <laughs> and less invasive and, and, and what, where can I find, uh, you know, where's that pain point for a physician that they're having at a hospital or another competitor that I can eliminate for that person if they come here? What can I do to make their practice go more smoothly and um, enjoyable? And, and how can I, you know, find those procedures that are that are new, up and coming? Are they vi viable procedures? And is there a value to our community? How do we market that? So I spend a lot of time with, um, we have a business development person who kind of works with several of our centers and she and I are constantly, you know, scratching our head, like, you know, who's, who's complaining about this or that and what can we do to get them here and, and uh, make them believers in our center. So it's, it's it, exciting to see all those changes. Is there a recent um, success story, like you said, in terms of eliminating some of those pain points for physicians that you can point to? Well, um, I think that, kind of goes back to the anesthesia issue here in San Antonio mm -hmm. and just really, we, you know, we don't have contracted anesthesia, so it's requiring us to um, develop a relationship with different uh, anesthesia groups and, you know, kind of plead our case about, you know, how much help, you know, we need to get this off the ground and can they send somebody and um, trying to generate you know, when that anesthesiologist is here, you know, generate their excitement for being here at our new center. And several of them have told their groups that, they, you know, they want to come here more. So that makes them more available to the surgeons that are having difficulty. So um, that's probably been the biggest thing. We've just kind of um, tried to dig in and just build connections either between our center and different anesthesia groups or between a provider or, you know, a surgeon and an anesthesia group. And so it's, like I say, it's not contracted and it might be something that I don't have to do because in San Antonio, the surgeon needs to find their own anesthesia, but by helping, um, you know, grease those palms or whatever, I guess it's not great. That sounds like, um, you know, Chicago uh, in the old days or whatever. No, I don't mean it like that, but no, 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 no. Uh, no. No kick back to Chicago there, right? Because then that where Becker's at. <laughs> but um, <laughs> just uh, you know, just trying to make make relationships work, right? So, For sure. Yeah. No, you, I totally on the same page. I imagine <laughs> you know those those relationships, those connections that you're building are so so critical. I imagine at such an early stage um, uh, in your surgery center, as you look to continue to grow and, and build those partnerships as well. 
Kathleen, it's uh, a real pleasure getting to talk to you today. I've, I've certainly learned a lot myself. I'm just kind of learning a little bit more about what goes on the behind the scenes and many different hats that you wear. Uh, certainly accomplished a lot over the course of your career and of course on this new venture over the last two years or so. Really excited to see how the next couple of years go and we'll look forward to connecting with you again down the line. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.